0: The following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series.
1: I'm 52 and I started meditating when I was 16. And so the waves of what I do with my practice changes. And and I think being playful and being curious has been really helpful for me. And so that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm kind of like, I'm going to paint my body with awareness. I don't know where that came from but it's working at the moment you know and uh and i'm also doing some what's called concentration practice which i never like that translation but before we start i want you to um find someone in the room that you don't know that well and say your name and uh and spend 3 minutes just just asking them like like why are you here today because you always come, just sort of introduce yourself, say your name, and uh, sort of like what brings you here today. So I'm going to give you three minutes. You have a minute and a half each, 745. I'm going to rate, I'm a teacher, I'm sorry, a like high school teacher. I'm just going to raise my hand, and if you see me, then you raise your hand, and then we know it's the time to, to share the sharing. So we have three minutes, mini share, introduce yourself, go. And if
0: you're at home, feel free to journal or take a little walk. So I hope you know if you see this person you didn't know before, uh, when you come in as we say community say hello. And if you forget their name, just ask again. Okay. It's okay. The ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: when Shelley, you know, they're like, Oh, come and do Sunday, you know, and I'm only here for one weekend, so I'm giving the weekend to my family. I didn't want to
0: No, I'll do the little Thursday. It's
1: great. Does anybody know the title of this talk? Was it given title? I'm kind of glad because I I sent this weird title,
0: (laughs) and I don't know if it was ever put on that thing. Um, No, well, you know, I
1: again usually when I talk are things that I'm currently working with because. One of my titles is art teacher, but at the depth of my core, I don't think that art can be taught, you know, philosophically. Like, I can teach a a technique, like this is what you do with clay, But art, you know, it's a big word, right? So the dharma, the same thing, like dharma teacher, I'm like, "Eh." I don't, you know, like, "Eh." Um, so I I, I see myself as a dharma sharer, or you know and, and i i usually explain it like when you've seen a really good movie like i saw tar on the way over here and i'm like oh my god Kate blanchett girl that performance you know i'm like i'm recommending to you tar as a performance okay and i think the dharma can be like that as you as you practice and you get benefit from it there's something much more alive to talk about something that you're being experienced or you're curious about as, as opposed to being like a catechism teacher, you know, where you are explaining. And there's nothing wrong with that, actually. Sometimes that's exactly what needs to be heard is some of the the background, and I'm not. But if that's the only thing you do, then it becomes really dry and brittle and just
0: kind of like just in the head. So um, for those of you that are new to the Dharma, this is not
1: maybe not going to make a lot of sense. But I also feel that sometimes the Dharma talks are always at the beginning level, and then people that have been practicing a lot never get anything new. Because you're kind of like, we're going to talk about metta again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> because metta is, in some ways, it's easy to teach. You know, there's love and kindness, even though it gets thought um, from a commentarial uh, Right. you know there's the, the metta sutta and then there's all these other things on how to, to teach loving kindness. so because I've told you I'm a teacher I'm going to make you repeat uh, these words so
0: can everyone say paticha <inaudible> samu <Samu-pada>. paticha <inaudible> samupada paticha samupada Hmm.
1: You might forget about it um, for today, but I have studied other religions. Um, The Catholic mystics, uh, uh, Catholic liberation theology. I don't have negative connotations with Catholicism in El Salvador where I'm from. The Jesuits that taught me were amazing. And the nuns that I knew were kind. So I don't have any mean nuns. I don't have any abuse, I don't have any, I mean, my associations with Catholicism are beautiful, okay, Virgin Mary, love her, Jesus, I I don't know, I've never, anyway, you know, in college, I took a year of Indian religions while I was living in England, so Sikhism, Hinduism, a bit of Islam in India, and Buddhism,
0: a bit of Mahayana reading, you know, and all the, yes, so different kinds of religions and many of
1: the things that we do in this tradition in the theravada and early buddhism you will find other places the avadapatimoka says do good refrain from wrong purify the mind this is the teaching of all buddhas it's just also the teaching of a lot of other religions do good refrain from wrong purify the mind but Paticca Samupada is the one thing that I, I haven't found in other religions. The way I see it is the explanation of the second noble truth. So first noble truth, there's dukkha. And the second noble truth is the cause. And this dependent origination is one of the translations. There's other translations. And the reason why I'm sharing it with you is because... um Many times it's, it's not taught, and it's because there's controversies and there's theological, if there was theological arguments
0: around it, and it's very complicated. But I'm like, people should know that it's there, because what if you become curious? In the scriptures, it's
1: 12 links of when the meeting of the senses and the object, when there's this meeting, there's a chain reaction that will happen to how suffering happens. Right? So one of the controversies is that um, dependent origination happens in three lifetimes. So it's your past life, your current life, and your next life. So that already will, with people that have a European-based um, culture, do I have to believe in a past life in order to get patichasampada? Already you begin, in the, you, you can go into this whole thing. So I've read whole books on the debate of, it is three lifetimes. And these authors will say, Paticha Samupada is about three lifetimes, period. And this is the evidence. Which is interesting, because if you look at the scriptures, sometimes Paticha Samupada doesn't even have 12 links, it has nine. Or you look at the way Tibetans will explain it. But this Paticha Samupada also talks about Avicah in a way that is very interesting. It's ignorance. And it could be the primordial ignorance. Again, in, in mystic Christianity, the original sin would be not that you're bad. First of all, sin is, uh, comes from the Greek, which is just missing the mark from archery. So when you sin, it's like, oops, didn't hit. It hit somewhere else. And when you repent, it just it just meant you turn around, right And so with avecha, it all starts with this: the system of suffering it starts because we have ignorance. And as we have this, it, you know it it becomes in an ignorance, and then you go suffering, and then you start the cycle of rebirth. If you go into psychoanalytic language. You can also go into, you repeat the same mistakes.
0: And whatever background you have as a child, that's a past life to me. When I was three years old, things happened to me. It wasn't my fault.
1: But I also know that somebody fed me. And because that fed me, my brain developed in a certain way. And so my karma. in in buddhist terms not in the english dictionary explanation of karma is that there is these lifetimes that i experienced so when i was a teenager i looked differently my thoughts were different my emotions
0: were different it's a past life right so i grew up in a civil war that had certain that's a past life
1: now i'm living in australia where it's winter and they drive on the other side of the thing, and they have different money, and they have these accents, right? That's like I'm living a different life now. And you know, I started, this is the first time I'm like, I want to show great because people are like, oh, you look younger. I'm like, I just want to look my age. I don't, you know, anyway. So, this Paticca Samuppada, what I love about it is that it really goes into also the eye makes contact with his visual stimulant. what's going to happen with that? Will you always be tied to I'm looking for beautiful things? I'm avoiding ugly things. What are the patterns? So even at that superficial level, you go into various sounds. Ajahn Chah, my teacher's teacher, used to say, don't bother the sound when you're meditating. And that's been a really important teaching for me. Because when I take the train, Melbourne is a multicultural, vibrant, crowded city. And the trains, just like tons of people. And same as in San Francisco when I was there, that I can get
0: very calm because I'm not bothering the noise. And I wanted to mention Paticca Samupada because
1: in the scriptures it also, um, the Buddha is quoted in the scriptures as saying, if you understand Paticca Samupada, you understand the Dhamma. And in some, you know, in some places in Thailand, some places say that if you break one of the 12 links, you're enlightened, like any of them. And, you know, and it goes into, into a okay, case, so I have this contact. And then as you go through the links, it can also look sequential, but experientially, ontologically, right? Ontology, it is this branch of philosophy where it's like, what's real, what's not real? What, what does it mean to be? What does it mean to be? You know, in post-Einstein science, they're saying, you know, the world is a bit of an illusion. Well, in Buddhism, they've been saying that. In Hinduism, they've been saying that.
0: You know? And what does that mean in, a, in an experiential thing? It looks very real. But dependent origination is something that... um you
1: can intellectually think about it, going through the arguments, but it's just something to chew on, masticate, like, okay, well, what is this teaching? And as you start looking at it, there might be something in there that makes sense to you. That's the first thing I wanted to mention, that the teacher's what exists. And that um, it's very rich, it's very nuanced. And many times it's presented as an advanced teaching, and so it doesn't get taught because teachers don't feel confident going to the 12 Nidanas. You know, like when you go and there's whole books analyzing each of the 12 links. There's a big painting with the Lord of Death holding the, the wheel of this. And in the middle, there's a snake and a pig and a rooster. And that's greed, hatred, and delusion. And that's how the whole wheel is moving. And it can get so incredibly complicated. Right? And if you're a scholar, you can totally get into it. Um, But to go back into this thing of there is contact and the end of it is that you go back into the cycle of rebirth and then pain, grief and despair, old age, sickness. Like it goes into this whole cycle of suffering. And so by by studying this, It's the science, it's the science, it's the um, meticulously looking at how the process of suffering happens. I haven't seen that in other religions, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's, it's very, it's astonishing how uh, there's a beauty to it when you can say there's suffering, nothing special about it, everybody feels it you suffer, you suffer, you suffer. Like, I don't know you, but I know you suffer, You suffer, right? Like, it's just, that's just like, the King of England suffers, Lady Gaga suffers. Like, it's just, it's just the most mundane thing. And then there's death, which is also the most mundane thing. But I was telling someone that we got this financial planner as a package for, you know, my husband's job. And like, okay, free financial planner. And he kept talking about heaven forbid something were to happen. Be ready? To, and I'm like, what is this heaven that is forbidding? I'm like, are you talking about death? And so for the second meeting, I said, can you please use the word death? And he said, he kind of chuckles and he goes, you know, 99.99% of my clients do not want to hear the word death. And I was like, oh, I'm the 0.01. Like, no. And this is the one thing that we share. Like it's concrete. It's not something that heaven will forbid.
0: Heaven forbid something were to happen. Like, what? And, um, so
1: I just, I'm just putting that and I was like, what can I teach with Patricia? So, cause this is the first time, first time that I'm teaching the brushing. And also the first time that I, that I've really, I've mentioned Patricia some of my Dhamma talks, but. Um, I've been scared too because of all the controversies. Honestly, there are so many opinions about it. And so, as you look into it, be curious.
0: You know, if, if you're interested, and if you're not, fine. But I think that um, it's a teaching that that's um, beautiful, okay? Right? Because the third noble truth is, hey, there's an end of suffering, okay.
1: What does that mean? You know, the coolness of Niroda. And then the fourth one is the Noble Eightfold Path. So it's presented in Ayurvedic medicine terms. You know, there's the sickness, there's the cause, the prognosis, and then the, the treatment. Um, and so the second thing I want to talk about, by the way, the title I gave
0: Shelley. Hmm.
1: That, you know, I want to talk about these complex things that people don't talk about. How about if I call it the simple complexity and the complex simplicity of Dharma practice?
0: <laughs> She's like, what? Like, yeah, it could mean anything.
1: But as you as you move into spiritual practice, it can either be a labyrinth where you keep moving, or it feels like a maze where you're feeling right. And so the the hope is that. You keep moving and moving around without finding that because spiritual practice has those things that it's so simple. Make like someone would be kind. But I let a whole evening and pulling apart kindness? Not simple. What, what is that? Is it Minnesota nice? Is it, you know, what? How can you be kind if you've never been shown kindness? Right, can you and maybe you can like is it just what you can you know is like to me, for example, one of the most interesting ways of looking at kindness is that if you follow the five precepts,
0: like that's a definition of kindness.
1: you're not murdering, you're not stealing, you're not using your verbal stuff, you know you're not ingesting things that will. Toxify your body, you're not using your sexual energy to hurt yourself or others. If you were to follow that,
0: you'll be quite kind without having to be like, I'm sorry, you so You know what I mean? Like, here's some cookies.
1: I've been giving gifts with, with one guy, one of the works, people at work, presented this gift and it was weird, right? So, like, gift giving Dana is like give it at the right time to the right person you know with the right intention so how do you do that and um so i wanted to say that as you move whether you've been practicing 15 years or 15 days to keep it simple and to know that it's complex how do we do that right. Like I've been counting my steps now for about five years because that's what I've been doing for five years. I walk around and I count to eight and I count to seven, I count to six and I'm constantly doing things where I'm practicing throughout the day so that when I sit, silence or non-thinking is not something that I'm expecting to happen just like that. Like I think that's one of the dangers of Instant meditation or presenting meditation as one more thing you have to do or meditation as the thing that will cure your anxiety and blah, 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 blah is that you have your world, your stress, I and mean, then you're supposed to sit. It's hard. It's not pleasant. You know what I mean? Like meditation can be really hard if, if your, if your
0: life is like, ah, but if you're training throughout, then, um, you can experience
1: calm. How many of you know the word jhana? Can you raise your hand? One, two,
0: three. Okay. So no oh. jhana became chan in Chinese
1: and it became zen in Japanese. So actually the, the root word of zen is jhana and it's the explanation of
0: the eighth part of the noble eightfold part of sama Controversial. Not a Buddhist thing.
1: So when you look at the Noble Eightfold Path, apart from right view and right intention, which are philosophically quite nuanced in Buddhism, you know, right speech, I mean, right mindfulness is not sati. The Buddha did not invent mindfulness. He didn't invent enlightenment. Like, I think being awake is quite rare, but I'm also 100% confident um, convinced the people that maybe lived in Nigeria or in El Salvador or in Chile or in Alaska that they also experienced awakening you know the Buddha does not hold a patent on awakening and so the jhanas Saint Teresa of Avila is one of my heroes I went to Avila last year Spanish nun middle of the Inquisition, Jewish family, she had to, her grandpa and dad had to convert. So the horrible stuff that was going in Spain. But she used to do the jhanas, which are the meditative absorptions. And there's eight of them, the four material jhanas and the four immaterial jhanas. And the way she explains them is with Christian language. And the way Hindus explain it is with Hindu's language. So, in the stories of the Buddha, he did it when he was 12 years old under a tree. And then he did it again when he was uh, with his teachers. When he got to the eighth jhana, the, the absorption, they're like, oh, you can be a teacher with us. And he's like,
0: no, there's something more. So, jhana is controversial um with a few things so i'm going to give you an intro
1: for example in sri lanka there was a time when everybody said nobody can do this There was this german nun ayakema who wanted to teach the jhanas and she got in trouble like people were persecuting her um other people will say don't teach the jhanas people become attached like they will say that to you we're like oh it's like being attached to heaven so don't teach the jhanas I'm like, if you're gonna get attached to something, <laughs> a meditative absorption is better than gambling, or you know what I mean. Like, that. anyway, um, there are people who think that you cannot get enlightened unless you have the jhanas. So there's there's these statements that get made about Paticha and the jhanas. This is what they have come on, that are very like wrong. and um, if you have an understanding that's in the head, then you can go into these arguments. But basically, as your body um, feels silence, and uh, for example, some monks in the Ajahn Brahm tradition in, in Australia will say, let's say that you could do a hundred breaths without any thoughts when you're ready for jhana. And a hundred was just a number that became, but you know, if you could sustain that, um, then you're ready. Or if you feel piti. And piti is a delight. It's a sensation in the body where your body feels delightful. And um, the other thing that people say why you shouldn't talk about jhanas is because then people will be so goal-oriented that it becomes counterproductive. That you haven't meditated ever and then all of a sudden you're demanding that jhanas happen. So usually it's something that can take weeks, months, years with humility and without craving you open yourself to this. So they're rare but now you can go to Spirit Rock and go to a jhana retreat or you can, um, it's interesting that I, see that the universe is interesting. I moved to Australia. I'm staying at this rented place before we move in and I've been thinking a lot about the jhanas and samupada, and I'm like, I need to read something else, somebody who has really practiced with these two things because I can't find a lot of people. And all of a sudden, I get an email. Hey, I got your name from so-and-so, and I'm a practitioner in Sydney. I'm in Melbourne for two days. Want to meet up? I'm like, yeah, come for lunch. So we sat for half an hour, walked around the botanic garden. And he goes, you know, heard about Dhamma. And I said, you know, I'm interested in that Janice. Oh, so this, this is right. A guy named Rob. And so... And this guy has been teaching both things. And so now I'm listening to his talk. So listening, and listening. for somebody who has been, he died of um, cancer, but he taught the jhanas and taught the Samapada. So I just wanted to share that with you, that these two things um, are here. in in the jhanas, the first jhana is basically you had a pattern is vitaka, richara, piti, sukha, ekagata are the five things that will happen. And so one is you put a, you put an attention in your meditation. And this is where it gets con- translated as concentration. And I've never liked that word because I think of like math problems or like concentrating, like narrowing your your focus on something. And this kind of attention is more You know, it it is a focusing perhaps, but it's more like, okay, I'm going to do the breath or do this. Nimitta can happen, which is uh, sometimes people can see a light or, you know, things can happen. And at this point, if you haven't been meditating for a long time, it can be scary to not feel the breath or to not hear thoughts. Because most human beings, it's a constant chatter up here. So what happens? Who are you when there's no thought? And then the breath is subtle. This fear can come up. But if you go through this, then you get piti, which is this delight. And like Ajahn Brahm, this this monk will say, it's better than any orgasm you can think of. And I'm like, well, no wonder people want to get it right away. You know what I mean? Like it's like, okay, it's free and it doesn't give you side effects like a drug. But you can imagine if you are in a capitalist greedy culture, that's what we breathe. And somebody tells you that there's this thing that is better than our orgasm that you can get while meditating.
0: You can see how people be like, oh, people are going to get all greedy. Okay, fair enough. But I think, so don't do that. But
1: just know that um, these meditative absorptions, the, the first four, um, are not as subtle as. I don't have experience for the
0: immaterial ones where the body is no longer felt. But if you go to Rome, Bernini did a, a sculpture
1: of St. Teresa of Avila doing things, and, and it does look like she's having an orgasm. She's like, you know, with this angel piercing her heart. Because it can be a very strong um, energy. And the PT, you've heard of the Shakers and the Quakers? You know, the guy with a Quaker Oats? He used to quake and shake, you know, Holy Spirit. And that would be, you know, it's energy in the body. But if you channel that a little bit more, you can can feel delight. So it's 8.15. Talk to the person you met today and see if you have any questions or disagreements or things that I've said. So three minutes. What's coming up for you with all this stuff that I'm just basically have given you bullet points? and big teachings what's kind of a lie for you i'm like you can say i was totally bored right or you can say oh i'm curious about this so let's do three minutes of uh what are you getting out of this or what are your reactions or any questions that are coming up for you yeah. and if you are online if you have any questions you can uh, text them now
0: yeah Okay, Um, so for this part, is there something that you heard somebody
1: say to you? So from your partner that you think might be good for the whole group to hear? So I'm asking if you heard a comment or a question or a reflection, and it's okay if there isn't, but I'm just wondering, um, go ahead. Um, What did you hear? That might be interesting for all of us to do on your own.
0: Hello. Hi. The um, person I'm in, Jen she made a point. And I think from the person that I talked to, it was you know, curiosity. How to spell.
1: Curiosity? How
0: to spell. I mean, I think, right?
1: A teacher, some part of that. Right.
0: Yeah. and get perspective and viewpoints
1: perspectives and viewpoints oh, i'm repeating okay. because they can't hear you patty. Oh, okay, okay. in the jhanas okay more knowledge more knowledge
0: yeah to information, you need to try
1: yeah have more exposure okay and, thank you and you know i remember i was on a bus and I'm thinking oh, i want to how would you explain paticha how do you make people and i thought of patty doing the cha-cha and i was like paticha <laughs> doing cha-cha with sam Teach us some, and I don't know what Pada was. <laughs> it's like eating pad thai. But I'm like, you know, because cause when you look it up, but it actually, if you Google dependent origination, you will get um, the stuff. And, you know, maybe Common Ground could do a study group because I'm telling you the opinions. Um, yeah.
0: Anyone else heard something that might be interesting? We've got 10 minutes, seven minutes. Yeah. I think since um my partner um, came from a Christian religion and mm-hmm. someone uh, came from a
1: Christian religion. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well why said he came from here, see at the seven law came from a Buddhist tradition. Mm-hmm. And there's something about his character, you know, like calmness. Um, so um, and that just follows a practice, you know, you change, you soften up a little bit. Yeah. You know, that, the, uh, that the practice shows up. mm mm-hmm. Noticing how the, the the practice can
1: soften how someone lives in the world, how it changes you, kind of thing. Is that okay? Um, any questions, just from anybody, not what you heard, but is there anything that you would like clarification on? Mm-hmm. From online. Mm-hmm.
0: Someone saying the. They're from New England and
1: the shakers are shaking Quakers. Not sure whether Quakers are
0: so
1: Quakers didn't Quake. Okay. Um, I mean it's interesting, like, you know, I remember seeing the Hare Krishna's going into this kind of like, you know, where where the body's doing that And, and I mentioned the the mudras, the hand postures, because my body was just having so much energy and all of a sudden my hands went into this thing and I would look and it would be like these traditional mudras that already exist. This is before. Now you can get mudra cards. You can get mudra books. You can get, but you know, sometimes I would open my eye and I would be like, Oh, interesting. You know, like they would be start doing this because the energy would leave my fingers. So it's interesting how, um, you know, truth is truth. It's not Christian or Buddhist or whatever. There's wrong views, the first scripture of the long discourse is really fun because it's, it's got a list of wrong views. Um, my favorite wrong view is when there's a God who creates universes and then the beings in the universe worship the God. And then the God thinks that he's permanent. <laughs> that's the wrong view. You know, listen to that. <laughs> um Because India has this expansive thinking in their scriptures. Like, there's a painting that I have of Vishnu, God Vishnu sleeping. And out of every pore, a universe is being created. You know? It's just like in all these worlds and all these beings. It's like where eon is defined as a long time. And it's when a bird is a piece of silk in its beak. And once in a 100 years, it goes, and it goes like this on Mount Everest. So an eon is how long it takes for Mount Everest to be at sea level, being worn down with a piece of silk from a bird once every hundred years.
0: <laughs> right? I mean, it's like,
1: ah! <laughs> I mean, I just love that kind of thinking, and, and it is kind of, post Einstein, Einstein, um, little scientists go crazy when very casually religious types will say, yeah, it's, you know, it's like this kind of physics, you know, just casually, but but it is interesting how um it's matching up so to finish up i just want to say um that to encourage somebody in a spiritual path is not easy because people you know in a group people need different things so one of the teachings that i used to love is like sometimes you have to go left right but what if i'm giving you the directions and i'm behind you that changes But then what if you're in a different kind of road? What if you're in Australia? You know, to go left or right has different things when you're driving. And so it's the context. So when you're in a group, um, sometimes
0: the teaching is you're taking it too easy. You need to put energy. You need to commit. But if you're in
1: a culture where you're stressed out, you are driven, you are what you value is accomplishment that is not what you need to hear. That's what the Thai monks in Ajahn Chai, Northern Thailand, they're so relaxed. They needed to hear that. And then these white men came with that, with a militaristic thing and tried to give it to the monks and it just didn't work. And they also had a patriarchy where it's so anti-non-male, basically. So the translation. But keeping it simple in the sense of how are you going to give this curiosity? Curiosity is lovely because it gives you energy. And it's not one more thing you have to do. And it's like, oh. And, you know, when I played with, like, I remember maybe it was Thich Han or something like, you know, pay attention when you hear a phone. And, and so I was driving to San Francisco with just so many stop signs. And, like, at every stop sign I would breathe. And it never worked for me. It was like, this doesn't work. But I tried it for about a week where I'd be like, okay, stop sign. I'll breathe. I'm like, I just get annoyed. This is, not, this is not working. But the flexibility to say, you know, I gave it a try for two weeks and breathing at a stop sign is not my practice. But counting my steps is at the moment. You see, I'm constantly thinking of, and you know, the the Catholic faith, we go like this. And so you have may your thoughts your emotions, and your actions align. May the spiritual path, which is vertical, and the path of the earth align. There's all these symbolisms. And the cross, where you are naked, tortured in front of your mother, like you can't go any lower. And then you're the phoenix that rises. For centuries, the phoenix was important in Christianity. And that image of when you understand dukkha, when you understand the suffering, and then it's like whoa. right so you you get the like you know these things in in all these traditions that kind of show you like what's going to bring delight, what's going to be you know becoming curious, keeping it simple, and knowing also that this stuff can be also quite nuanced and why you know how do we understand our karma, don't go there. The Buddha gave some warnings, it's like if you try to. Understand the first cause for your karma, you'll go crazy.
0: Stop it. So you know, focus on what's useful.
1: Dukkha. How do we make other people suffer? How do I make myself suffer? That's quite simple, and yet you might need
0: therapy. You might need to get out of therapy. It's absolutely, absolutely available. Absolutely available.
1: So I finish my talk with this little phrase.
0: A lot of the time I finish my talks with little phrase.
1: Every time that you work towards your happiness, you're honoring
0: everybody that has ever loved you. And you honor your ancestors. The people that have loved you, they want you to be happy. Yeah. And so As you work towards your happiness, it helps the
1: world because happy people are not mean. (laughs) It's always an honor to sit here and I love this
0: place. So I'm glad it's here and I'm I'm glad you can play this. Thank you. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground is offered freely in the spirit of generosity.